Soon after, the Greeks, being assembled at the Isthmus, declared their resolution of joining with Alexander in the war against the Persians, and proclaimed him their general. While he stayed here, many public ministers and philosophers came from all parts to visit him and congratulated him on his election. But contrary to his expectation, Diogenes of Sinope, who then was living at Corinth, thought so little of him that instead of coming to compliment him, he never so much as stirred out of the suburb called the Cranium, where Alexander found him lying along in the sun. When he saw so much company near him, he raised himself a little and vouchsafed to look upon Alexander. And when he kindly asked him whether he wanted anything, Yes, said he, I would have you stand from between me and the sun. Alexander was so struck at this answer and surprised at the greatness of the man who had taken so little notice of him that as he went away, he told his followers who were laughing at the moroseness of the philosopher that if he were not Alexander, he would choose to be Diogenes. Diogenes, also known as Diogenes the Cynic, was a Greek philosopher and one of the founders of Cynic philosophy. He was born in Sinope, an Ionian colony on the Black Sea, in 404 BC, and died at Corinth in 323 BC. He was a controversial figure. His father minted coins for a living, and Diogenes was banished from Sinope when he took to debasement of currency. After being exiled, he moved to Athens and criticized many cultural conventions of the city. He modeled, he modeled himself on the example of Heracles and believed that virtue was better revealed in action than in theory. He used his simple lifestyle and behavior to criticize the social values and institutions of what he saw as a corrupt, confused society. He had a reputation for sleeping and eating wherever he chose in a highly non-traditional fashion and took to toughening himself against nature. He declared himself a cosmopolitan and a citizen of the world rather than claiming allegiance to just one place. There are many tales about his dogging Antisthenes' footsteps and becoming his faithful hound. Diogenes made a virtue of poverty. He begged for a living and often slept in a large ceramic jar or pithos in the marketplace. He became notorious for his philosophical stunts, such as carrying a lamp during the day, claiming to be looking for an honest man. He criticized Plato, disputed his interpretation of Socrates, and sabotaged his lectures sometimes distracting listeners by bringing food and eating during the discussions. Diogenes was also noted for having mocked Alexander the Great, both in public and to his face, when he visited Corinth in 336 BC. Diogenes was captured by pirates and sold into slavery, eventually settling in Corinth. There, he passed his philosophy of cynicism to Crates, 
who taught it to Zeno of Citium, who fashioned it into the school of Stoicism, one of the most enduring schools of Greek philosophy. No writings of Diogenes are known, but there are some details of his life from anecdotes, especially from Diogenes' book, Lives and Opinions of Eminent Philosophers. Nothing is known about his early life except that his father, Hesychius, was a banker. It seems likely that he was also enrolled in the banking business, aiding his father. At some point, Hesychius and Diogenes became involved in a scandal involving the adulteration or debasement of the currency. Diogenes was exiled from the city and lost his citizenship and all his material possessions. This aspect of the story seems to be corroborated by archaeology. Large numbers of defaced coins, smashed with a large chisel stamp, have been discovered at Sinope, dating from the middle of the 4th century BC, and other coins of the time bear the name of Hesychius as the official who minted them. During this time, there was much counterfeit money circulating in Sinope. The coins were deliberately defaced in order to render them worthless as legal tender. Sinope was being disputed between pro-Persian and pro-Greek factions in the 4th century, and there may have been political rather than financial motives behind the act. According to one story, Diogenes went to the oracle at Delphi to ask for her advice and was told he should deface the currency. Following the debacle in Sinope, Diogenes decided that the oracle meant that he should deface the political currency rather than actual coins. He traveled to Athens and made it his life's goal to challenge established customs and values. He argued that instead of being troubled about the true nature of evil, people merely rely on customary interpretations. This distinction between nature, physis, and custom, nomos, is a favorite theme of ancient Greek philosophy, and one that Plato takes up in the Republic, in the legend of Ring of Gyges. Diogenes arrived in Athens with a slave named Manes, who escaped from him shortly thereafter. With characteristic humor, Diogenes dismissed his ill fortune by saying, if Manes can live without Diogenes, why not Diogenes without Manes? Diogenes would mock such a relation of extreme dependency. He found the figure of a master who could do nothing for himself contemptibly helpless. He was attracted by the ascetic teaching of Antisthenes, a student of Socrates. When Diogenes asked Antisthenes to mentor him, Antisthenes ignored him and reportedly eventually beat him off with his staff. Diogenes responds, Strike, for you will find no wood hard enough to keep me away from you, so long as I think you've something to say. Diogenes became Antisthenes' pupil, despite the brutality with which he was initially received.
Whether the two ever really met is still uncertain, but he surpassed his master in both reputation and the austerity of his life. He considered his avoidance of earthly pleasures a contrast to and commentary on contemporary Athenian behaviors. This attitude was grounded in a disdain for what he regarded as the folly, pretense, vanity, self-deception, and artificiality of human conduct. The stories told of Diogenes illustrate the logical consistency of his character. He inured himself to the weather by living in a clay wine jar belonging to the temple of Cybele. He destroyed the single wooden bowl he possessed on seeing a peasant boy drink from the hollow of his hands. He then exclaimed, Fool that I am, to have been carrying superfluous baggage all this time. It was contrary to Athenian customs to eat within the marketplace, and still he would eat there, for, as he explained when rebuked, it was during the time he was in the marketplace that he felt hungry. Diogenes looked about for human beings, but reputedly found nothing but rascals and scoundrels. There are conflicting accounts of Diogenes' death. His contemporary is alleged he had held his breath until he expired, although other accounts of his death say he had become ill from eating raw octopus or to have suffered an infected dog bite. When asked how he wished to be buried, he left instructions to be thrown outside the city wall so wild animals could feast on his body. When asked if he minded this, he said, Not at all, as long as you provide me with a stick to chase the creatures away. When asked how he could use the stick, since he would lack awareness, he replied, If I lack awareness, then why should I care what happens to me when I am dead? In the end, Diogenes made fun of people's excessive concern with the proper treatment of the dead. Diogenes maintained that all the artificial growths of society were incompatible with happiness, and that morality implies a return to the simplicity of nature. So great was his austerity and simplicity that the Stoics would later claim him to be a wise man, or Sophos. In his words, humans have complicated every simple gift of the gods. Although Socrates had previously identified himself as belonging to the world rather than a city, Diogenes is credited with the first known use of the word cosmopolitan. When asked where he came from, he replied, I am a citizen of the world, cosmopolitis. This was a radical claim in a world where a man's identity was intimately tied to a citizenship of a particular city-state. An exile and an outcast, a man with no social identity, Diogenes made a mark on his contemporary. Diogenes taught by living example. 
He tried to demonstrate that wisdom and happiness belong to the man who is independent of society and that civilization is regressive. He scorned not only family and socio-political organization, but also property rights and reputation. He even rejected normal ideas about human decency. Diogenes is said to have eaten in the marketplace, urinated on some people who insulted him, defecated in the theater, and masturbated in public. When asked about his eating in public, he said, If taking breakfast is nothing out of place, then it is nothing out of place in the marketplace. But taking breakfast is nothing out of place. Therefore, it is nothing out of place to take breakfast in the marketplace. On the indecency of his masturbating in public, he would say, If only it were as easy to banish hunger by rubbing my belly. The Proverbs of Hell In seed time learn, in harvest teach, in winter enjoy. Drive your cart and your plow over the bones of the dead. The road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom. Prudence is a rich, ugly old maid, courted by incapacity. He who desires but acts not, breeds pestilence. The cut worm forgives the plow. Dip him in the river who loves water. A fool sees not the same tree that a wise man sees. He whose face gives no night shall never become a star. Eternity is in love with the productions of time. The busy bee has no time for sorrow. The hours of folly are measured by the clock, but of wisdom, no clock can measure. All wholesome food is caught without a net or a trap. Bring out number weight and measure in a year of dearth. No bird soars too high if he soars with his own wings. A dead body revenges not injuries. The most sublime act is to set another before you. If the fool would persist in his folly, he would become wise. Folly is the cloak of knavery. Shame is pride's cloak. Prisons are built with stones of law, brothels with bricks of religion. The pride of the peacock is the glory of God. The lust of the goat is the bounty of God. The wrath of the lion is the wisdom of God. The nakedness of woman is the work of God. Excess of sorrow laughs. Excess of joy weeps. The roaring of lions, the howling of wolves, the raging of the stormy sea, and the destructive sword are portions of eternity too great for the eye of man. The fox condemns the trap, not himself. Joys impregnate. Sorrows bring forth. Let man wear the fell of the lion, woman the fleece of the sheep. The bird a nest, the spider a web, man friendship. The selfish smiling fool 
and the sullen frowning fool shall be both thought wise that they may be a rod. What is now proved was once only imagined. The rat, the mouse, the fox, the rabbit, watch the roots, the lion, the tiger, the horse, the elephant, watch the fruits. The cistern contains, the fountain overflows. One thought fills immensity. Always be ready to speak your mind, and a base man will avoid you. Everything possible to be believed is an image of truth. The eagle never lost so much time as when he submitted to learn of the crow. The fox provides for himself, but God provides for the lion. Think in the morning, act in the noon, eat in the evening, sleep in the night. He who has suffered you to impose on him knows you. As the plow follows words, so God rewards prayers. The tigers of wrath are wiser than the horses of instruction. Expect poison from the standing water. You never know what is enough unless you know what is more than enough. Listen to the fool's reproach. It is a kingly title. The eyes of fire, the nostrils of air, the mouth of water, the beard of earth. The weak in courage is strong in cunning. The apple tree never asks the beech how he shall grow, nor the lion, the horse, how he shall take his prey. The thankful receiver bears a plentiful harvest. If others had not been foolish, we should be so. The soul of sweet delight can never be defiled. When thou seest an eagle, thou seest a portion of genius. Lift up thy head. As the caterpillar chooses the fairest leaves to lay her eggs on, so the priest lays his curse on the fairest joys. The create a little flower is the laborer of ages. Dam braces. Bless relaxes. The best wine is the oldest, the best water the newest. Prayers plow not, praises reap not, joys laugh not, sorrows weep not. The head sublime, the heart pathos, the genitals beauty, the hands and feet proportion. As the air to a bird of the sea to a fish, so is contempt to the contemptible. The crow wished everything was black, the owl that everything was white. Exuberance is beauty. If the lion was advised by the fox, he would be cunning. Improvement makes straight roads, but the crooked roads without improvement are the roads of genius. Sooner murder an infant in its cradle than nurse unacted desires. Where man is not nature is barren. Truth can never be told so as to be understood and not be believed. Enough or too much.